0: Morning. didn't know what to do with all that energy did you (coughs) who got who got woken up this morning these are what your notes look like you need a copy of this and you need a a pen if you don't have it just raise your hand and someone will come running to you and give you a copy we're very keen that you have a copy of the notes because uh, the shortest pencil the shortest pencil is longer than the longest memory. Say that again. The shortest pencil is longer than the longest memory. If you don't write it down, you won't get it. All right, very good. And a warm, warm, warm welcome to those of you who are here for the first time. Uh, we've got a family from Madagascar. We've got people coming in from other parts of town, from Arunachal, from all over the place. We love you already. You got it? I'm just killing time until you get the notes. Let's get, let's get into God's word. God's word Is in our hands. It's in our language, and He means it for our good. What have we been talking about the last few days? Prayer, and we're in the 40 days of prayer, and we're in our word every day. We are devotions every day. We are in small groups studying that. How's that been? Has that been good? Small groups, and and the material for that. I've heard a lot of good things about it. And what about waterline? Anybody knows what waterline is? anybody know what what line is it's the men's ministry or the ministry of men here we meet right here Saturday 7 o'clock in the morning while our wives and children are still sleeping and we cry out to God for for our wives for our children for our loved ones and for our jobs it's been ama- amazing more than 25 guys three weeks in a row that's huge you know that's that's amazing and if you're a man should know If you're a man you belong here at seven o'clock okay and uh, and uh, we would love to have you over here I'd love to, I, I wish I could give some time to some testimony so you can hear about what's going on but I will put it on Facebook that Facebook is always God made Facebook prayer is our greatest privilege prayer is our greatest privilege it's our friendship with God it's that communion with God read this verse with me Quietly, carefully, slowly. Let every word sink in. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18. Read it with me. Pray in. That one over there. Together. Pray in the spirit at all times. With all kinds of prayers. Asking for everything you need. To do this, you must always be ready. And never give up. And always pray for all God's people. Let's break that down. You'll see seven things right there. Number one, he says, pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. He says, pray in the spirit. That means let God lead you. Let God lead you. Pray about the things that the spirit of God is telling you to pray for. Pray about the things that God is leading you to pray for. Impressions. We use different words for that. We use the word prompting. We use the word leading. We use the word burden. We could even use the word worry. Worry. When you worry about something, that's your to pray about it. That's your cue to pray about it. Or a burden if you're burdened about something. Sometimes in the middle of the night you wake up and you're burdened about something. That's your cue. Go for it. Pray for it. Pray in the spirit. That means pray according to God's leading. Number two, pray at all times, which means no bad is a bad no time is a bad time to pray. No time is a bad time to pray. pray. Any time is a good time to pray. Pray. Now that's where a little bit of pictures in your head about prayer needs to change. You're going to have to think differently about prayer. Because whenever you and I think about prayer, we've got that picture of the little girl kneeling beside her bed, you know, like that. And uh, this, you, know, you, have to, you have to have the hands folded and you're kneeling down. Pray, and you're like, pray all the time? So that, that picture you have, that pray all the time means kneeling down. Beside your bed because there's no other place in the house to kneel down. And praying a specific prayer to God, good morning, good good day or good night, we, that picture in our head doesn't sync with this verse. Do you get my dilemma? When he says pray all the time, but yeah, I can't be on my knees all the time. Whole, all, I, I, and I struggled with that. But we never talk about it. No, 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 we never talk about it. Just in our head we dismiss it because eh, I don't think it's practical. I don't, but what if you need to change the picture of prayer? What if prayer wasn't that little girl kneeling on the side of the What if it is something else? Because if God says pray continuously, pray unceasingly, it obviously is possible. Do you get me? Get what I'm saying? It's obviously possible. He wouldn't tell you to do something that, he can, that you cannot do. Well, number one, pray in the spirit. Number two, pray at all times. Then he says, with all kinds of prayers. With all kinds of prayers. Prayers of anger, prayers of emotion, prayers of passion, prayers of, of yielding to God. You're asking God something deeper. Or you're just discussing something with God. Different types of prayers. With every emotion in every situation. Have you read the Psalms? The Psalms are prayers and songs sung in all the different emotions. emotions. From chapter 1 through to chapter 150. In all the different emotions. There's crying out. There's comforting. There's confessing. There's clarifying. There's celebrating. There is complaining. Oh, he complains and complains. Have you met the Psalmist? Wingy whiny guy. He just complains, Lord, my enemies, I hope that they die. I hope that they burn up. I hope may the fleas of a thousand camels infest their armpits. (laughs) It doesn't say that. I just just made that up. (laughs) Number four is just pray about everything. Pray about everything. So there's nothing you can't talk to him about, no subject is off limits number five says always be ready always be ready there's never a moment where you need to stop something or start something in order to pray about something can I say that again there's never a moment when you need to stop something or start something in order to pray about something so now you've got to redefine prayer itself because if I can do if I can pray anywhere at any time for anything with any emotion then prayer has got to change its definition for me, because my thinking of prayer was everybody in a group, come on, let's pray, let's pray, hallelujah, amen. Or beside the road. Or this is a particular thing I'm praying for. Or stop absolutely everything and now I'm only in time of prayer. Is there a specific time of prayer? Absolutely. But if God is saying pray all the time, I need to rethink my way, my thinking, my definitions of prayer. Be always ready. Number six says never give up. Never give up that means never stop praying never give up on a prayer have you given up on a prayer a prayer for a daughter a prayer for a cousin a prayer for a loved one is that a prayer that you've given up you used to pray but now you don't pray anymore because you're not seeing any signs of change have you given up don't ever give up and number seven pray for all people pray for all people everybody so all of that you can't do in just two minutes in a day can't just start and close the day with that kind of a prayer. You've got to think, rethink what prayer is completely. Let me let me give you two changes, two habits you need to put in place before you begin to change your life of prayer. Two habits. Number one, number one, you need to keep you need to keep a running conversation with God. It's like breathing. When do you stop breathing? When you die. what happens if you stop breathing you die you don't stop breathing you breathe all the time one person asked me recently pastor whose responsibility like who is going to take up the responsibility in our church for prayer I'm like that doesn't make any sense in my head that doesn't make any sense because from the year from the age of five I've been talking to God I've been arguing with him, I've been sharing with him when I walked back from school, all over the place. Okay, I keep a running conversation with God. So this lady says, uh, whose responsibility is it to pray? And then that picture came into my mind of a, of a team that's playing basketball, right? Okay, and the team is playing basketball and you have quarterbacks and, uh, and halfbacks and nickelback and everybody, right? <laughs> and something like that. And then you've got this team and you've got that team and they've got the goal, yeah? You got the goal on one side, you got the wicket on the other side. It's basketball, guys. Okay? And then, and everybody's running around and they're playing the game. Okay? I want to know, out of all the responsibilities and the play ga- plays and everything given to everybody, whose responsibility is it to breathe? <laughs> Are you with me? You get it? If any player doesn't breathe, he doesn't play the game. Everybody breathes. And you've got to think differently about prayer. Let me, let me put it even further, even more simpler. It is the, the difference between saying a prayer and praying. Saying a prayer and praying. Saying a prayer is, Lord, we come before thee today because, you know, so-and-so is about to uh, enter into an examination. And uh, we pray that he would do well or she would do well. And we ask, uh, we ask in Jesus' name that, you know that their marks would glorify you and they would have a presence of mind and that they would do well and they would be able to move on to better things, greater things for your glory. Amen. That's a prayer. That's a prayer. So you offer a specific prayer. It's a theme. Okay? And then there's just praying. There's just praying. What's the difference between the two? The difference between the two is having a talk. So when I say to Sam, Sam, we need to talk. So he and I both know that the coffee is going to be expensive, (laughs) right? We know there's going to be three rounds of coffee at least, yeah? And we sit down and we have a talk, which means there's a purpose, there's a subject, we want to get to a specific end. But when he and I get in the car and we're just driving over and he's driving hopefully and we're going somewhere and we're just communicating, we're just talking. So this is the talk and over here we're just talking. You got it? This is the difference between saying a prayer giving a prayer offering a prayer and just praying and God says in his word pray without ceasing." tell me you're getting this he's not saying all the time leave everything you've got on your knees go from one prayer to the next go from one prayer to the next he's saying talk to me talk to me Talk to me. Keep the lines of communication on. Talk to me. Because you get on WhatsApp and you do a call on WhatsApp and then uh, you go out of signal and then suddenly you're like, wait, wait, wait. Connecting, connecting, connecting. Wait, wait, wait. Connecting, connecting. And then it connects up and then you keep talking again. And every time you go off or, you know, you go out of signal, you have to reconnect. Every time you go out of signal, you need to reconnect. Pray without ceasing. Keep the connection going. So i need to rethink what is god saying this doesn't seem to be about what i am saying it seems more about that i am saying it seems more that he constantly is hearing my i'm hearing his voice it seems more to be about an unbroken connection than anything else number one keep a running conversation going ephesians chapter 6 verse eighteen he says pray on every occasion as the spirit leads occasion occasion that's you can talk to god anywhere as long as there's signal you can talk to god and wherever god is there is signal where is God not? The psalmist says wherever I go, God is there. Alright? And you pray it like any habit. As soon as you get good with the habit, you get better at it. So if those of you are not used to praying, you don't have a habit of praying, slowly get into it. And as you begin, as you try, as you move, you'll get better. At it. There's been a lot of interruption this morning, and I want to move forward a little more quicker. Let's go to the next gear. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, Never, Never stop praying. Pray at prayer all times. A second, a second habit you want to put in place is schedule prayer times throughout my day. Schedule prayer times throughout my day. Schedule prayer, prayer times throughout my day. For thousands of years, the Jews said prayers at set times. The clock was set at certain times to stop and pray. A bell was rung in order for people to pray. A call was given in order for people to pray. Everyone understands that there is a certain you know, routine, there is a certain schedule for prayer. Why? Because we are not religious people, we are spiritual people. And every now and then we need to remind ourselves that we need to step out of the... Physical step out of this physical reality and make a spiritual connection. We need to stay spiritually alive. You're not listening to me. You're not listening to me because if you go six hours, if you go 12 hours, if you go 24 hours, if you go uh, 48 hours and you're not praying, you're not connecting with God, you will die spiritually. Your spiritual death kind of goes down. A whole week without being connect with, connected with God, two weeks of not going to church, you slowly get disconnected with God. You become spiritually deadish. You begin to, you're not spiritually alive. And then what happens is you come the third Sunday or you show up in church after a long time and suddenly you're like, well, I'm not getting a connection. I'm not getting, you're not going to. You're not going to because the battery doesn't charge like that. It takes time. If you didn't keep your battery charged, if you didn't keep your battery plugged, your phone plugged in constantly and you didn't keep on full Full connection, full battery. Then at some point, you're going to drain. And when you drain, you're going to have to restart. You're going to have to come back to the beginning. Schedule prayer times. He says seven times a day. The psalmist says, I praise you. Seven times a day. So, let's take those seven things or let's take the Lord's prayer. Are you familiar with the Lord's prayer? Better known as the disciples' prayer. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. No, that's not the Lord's prayer. (laughs) let's do it let's do it but seriously our father in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom the power and the glory forever and ever amen what a beautiful prayer Let me suggest to you that that is not a prayer, but a pattern for living. And let's take it off that or build on that seven ways or seven times of the day. You can create a pattern for living. You wake up in the morning, you say, good morning, Lord. And you take it from there. Are you ready? Number one, you get up with gratitude. Write that down. Number one, here's your daily schedule built on the Lord's prayer. You get up with gratitude. Start the day with thanksgiving. The day with Thanksgiving. Not with grumbling, not with griping, not with groaning. The older you get, <laughs> it's harder to get out of bed. It's more there's more sound effects anyway, when you're getting out of bed. Not with growling, not with grunting. You don't get up upset. Did you know that's a choice? Talk to me. Level with me. Did you know that's a choice? You can get up grumbling or you can get up praising. That's a choice. And if your body is telling you, you didn't get enough sleep or you were woken up too many times or you didn't want to wake up so early or whatever first thought hit your head and your body said, I'm not happy. Your mind and your spirit can say, you're not happy but I'm happy, get with it. And whatever comes out of your mouth, the first thing is what you decided to feel, not what your body felt. Your body is not your Lord and Master. Your body is not you. You are you. Wake up, get up with gratitude. Psychologists say that the healthiest human emotion is gratitude. The healthiest human emotion is gratitude. Wake up giving thanks, wake up giving praise. So if it's not going to be scripture that comes first out of your mouth, thank you Lord, I praise you, early in the morning will I rise up and seek you. Uh, you have loved me with an everlasting love, you have given me everything I need. Thank you Lord for this new day, as the sun rose, you rose from the dead fall. As, instead of, if, you, if that's not it, then wake up in the morning, wow, good day it's going to be. Today's going to be a good day. And you wake up with gratitude. And even psychologists will back you up on that and say, it's a good thing. To get, get started with, and make gratitude your first emotion, make gratitude your first list. Is everybody with me? <coughs> yes. yes. On okay. going to do chapter four, verse seven. What do you have that God did not give you? What did you have? What do you have that God did not give you? Just look at that last part of that sentence. That God did not give you. Is there anything you've got that you made it yourself that God did not give you? Everything is a gift from God. And if it was given to you, how can you brag about it? How can you brag about it? So the first thing you wake up in the morning is you think about the goodness of God. You focus on the goodness of God. You keep a verse ready. You keep a list ready. You keep a sentence ready to say thanks to God for... His goodness. Why? Because he's a good father and he is giving you everything you need. Jesus said, Your Father knows what you need before you ask him. So then this is how you should pray. Our Father who are in heaven. James chapter 1, verse 17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift, every present comes from the Father of lights in heaven. Can you circle comes? If you have it in your notes, circle comes. Every good gift and every perfect present comes from the father everything you've got has come from somewhere so somebody thought about it somebody loved you enough somebody thought for you and gave you that it's worthy of your gratitude james chapter 117 uh, says every good gift and every perfect gift comes from the father that's number one what's number one wake up with gratitude get up with gratitude number two bless god's name at breakfast bless god's name at breakfast we call that praise Bless God's name at breakfast. To bless is to, to, to hallow or to honor or to give respect to someone. When you call a person and you don't take their name, it's very disrespectful. So if you give, take the name of God first thing in the morning, you, you give him that worship. Like going back to chapter uh, 6 verse 9, Matthew chapter 6, it says, hallowed be your name. Psalm 145 verse 2 says, Every day I will bless your name and praise it forever. In the Psalms, God's name is praised more than 80 times. So what's the big deal about a name? In the Bible, a name was your character and your character was your name. So parents would give you, you your name based on what character they would desire for you. Or they would give you your name based on what they've gone through or how God has treated them through that time. God says, I am our father. I'm your loving father. He says, I'm El Eldot. I'm, I'm your God who knows you and knows everything about you. I'm Jehovah Rapha. I'm, God, I'm the God who heals you. I'm El Shaddai. I'm Almighty God with all the power you need. He says, I'm Jehovah Jireh, your provider. I'm Jehovah Shalom. I'm your peace. Psalm 9, verse 10 says, those who know your name, trust in you. Those who know your name, trust in you. For you, Lord, have abandoned those who truly seek you so bless the name of the Lord at breakfast do you eat breakfast because if you don't eat breakfast you have to figure something else out okay so this is not about getting religious it's about getting spiritual staying spiritually alive can you be religious without being spiritual Mm-hmm. number three mid-morning this is 11ish when facebook comes out this is the time when you know the day has started it's kind of gliding the flights in the air the houses are running back and forth and now you're just like hmm now what do we do and when you get to mid-morning you begin to you begin to get lost lost in the day's activities and that's when you want to remember this at mid-morning remember what matters most, write that down at mid-morning remember what matters most because you get busy the classes begin, the tasks begin the running around begins the phone is ringing and you get busy and in all that busyness you can forget your priorities, you can lose your focus you can lose your cool, you can lose your calm so as the day progresses keep track of staying spiritual are you with me? Keep track of staying spiritual. Know your enemies. Early morning grumpiness. I wasn't talking about your spouse. Early morning grumpiness. Late morning busyness. And you're, you're trying to get stuff happening. People are not working with you. All of these things are your enemies. Matthew chapter 6, verse 10 May your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, even as it is in heaven. Remember that you're working for a greater kingdom. I align myself with God's purposes and plans. Write that down. I align myself with God's purposes and plans. Because I know that if I seek first the kingdom of God, all these things will be added unto me. So number three is at midday, a little later in the morning, 10-ish, 11-ish. Remember what matters the most. So you're scheduling time for prayer. You're scheduling time to get right with God, to be right with God. Number four, number four. This is about 1 o'clock, 12.30, 1 o'clock, I think. When lunch comes out, whenever lunch ready, whenever the, the, you know, the, the pressure cooker goes off and the smell just emanates through the office or the, or the house. You know, and now you start getting hungry. Number four is list my needs at lunch. List my needs at lunch. Because as you eat, whenever you have food, you remember that God is the one who provides your needs. He's the one who gives you. Whether you're holding a sandwich or you're eating a, a rice and dal or whatever, God is the one who provides your needs. Here's one, two things I want you to remember. Don't miss this. <coughs> Matthew chapter 6, when Jesus is teaching the Lord's way, He says, give us this day our daily bread. Our daily bread. God is the one who gives us that. And, he, and so you say thank you for the meal. You say thank you for the meal. Number one, uh, you ask God for anything that you might need. Ask God for anything. Lord, this is a wonderful meal you provided for me. You're my provider. Father, would you also provide for this or for that? I need this or I need that. Ask God to provide your needs. Write a second thing down. Ask for someone else's need. Because don't always think about your own need. Think about somebody else who has a need. Because if you have that need, chances are that somebody else also has that need. So ask for them too. 1 Samuel chapter 12 verse 23 says I'll be sinning against the Lord if I failed to pray for you. If I failed to pray for you. It doesn't say give me this day my daily bread. It says It says give us 1 Peter 1 verse 3, Jesus has the power of God which, by which he gives us everything we need to live and to serve God. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 says, do not be anxious about anything. I think right now, as tired and as distracted you might be. I think right now some of you need to just stare at that first line. I command you in the name of Jesus to stare at that first line. Please look at it. read it with me, do not get anxious about anything, what does that mean, it means, do not get anxious about, there's no code there, there's no double meaning. So the moment I'm, get, I'm anxious, I know that I shouldn't be. What should I do? But in everything by prayer and petition. But in everything I pray and petition. Do you cook on, in, the cooker, in the pressure cooker? I, I do a lot of pressure cooking. All my cooking is pretty pressure cooking actually. But there's the pressure cooker itself. And do you know when the pressure gets too much, then we have a valve. And that valve lets out a bit of steam and maintains the pressure. Because you can only have so much pressure. You're not even a pressure cooker. You may think you're a pressure cooker, but you're not even a pressure cooker. And God has given you a valve whenever it gets too much, when you're anxious, What should you do? Do not be anxious about anything. Two valves by prayer and petition. Did you know that? Did you know that? Did you know that you go through every single day and every hour without any pressure in your life because you have access to God? Did you know that? Did you know that because you have immediate access to God, you can let off the pressure, you can let off the pressure, you can let out the anxiety, you can let out the burden, you can let out the fears. Anything that's building up can go upward. God has got unlimited source of of just pulling out everything that you're carrying, even tiredness. Even when tiredness gets too much, even when the workload gets too much, there is a pressure valve that God allows you to open in the right direction. Because if you don't open it in the right direction, it will open in the wrong direction and everybody around you will get it. When a pressure cooker bursts and the pressure comes out the wrong way, people get hurt. But when a pressure goes off the right way, to through the, through the people get healthy. You get good food and your family members are hurting your family members are hurting from the things you said from the ways you behaved from the way you let off steam from the way you 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 just you excuse yourself because you are under too much pressure it's not okay because God has said do not be anxious about anything God I can't do that yes you can how can I do that but in everything by prayer and petition that's your valve let off the steam let him have it let God have it he can take it he can take all your pressure he can take 7 billion people's pressure and still be cool and he will give you the peace that is required for that moment Thanksgiving present your request to God and the say it and the peace of God and the peace of God not the answers of God not the explanation of God not the presence of God Ta-da, I'm here not the angels of God, but the peace of God, which is beyond your comprehension. Which is, it doesn't make sense in this given situation that you could be so peaceful. The peace of God that passes all understanding is yours. Is yours. What's it going to do? It's going to guard your heart. It's going to guard your heart. Why? Because your heart is under attack. What is, your, what is in your heart? Faith. Your faith is under attack. Those are the moments when you'll doubt. Those are the moments when you'll curse. Those are moments when you'll give up. Those are the moments when you'll feel, this is not worth it. Those are the times when you will say, what on earth am I here for? And you'll lose faith in yourself and in your people around you and you give up. My brothers, my sisters, my friends, you're listening to this and you're here today for a specific purpose. Some of you are here today for a specific purpose. To, no, just that verse. If you get nothing else, get that verse. And the peace... Of God, which transcends us, understanding will guard your hearts. Because the pressure in your mind will destroy your hearts. The pressure in the world will destroy your pressure in your relationships will destroy your hearts. It'll kill your love. It'll kill your joy. It'll kill your faith. But the peace of God will guard your hearts. The word of god is ours in jesus name the promises of god are ours in jesus name do not be anxious for anything so you you eat your lunch and you remember god has provided this food if he provides he can provide more lord would you give me this don't ask for your own needs but ask for other people's needs as well by mid-afternoon you've started dealing with a lot of frustrating people you've been on the metro you've been on the bus you started driving home or whatever And by mid-afternoon, late by 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, you're beginning to feel like you've already messed up a little bit. You've let fly a little bit. And that's the time to stop and ask for forgiveness. Write it down. Number five, ask for forgiveness in the afternoon. That's called confession. Ask for forgiveness in the afternoon. Don't wait for night. Don't wait till the next day. As you're going, keep short accounts with God. Lord, I shouldn't have said that. Lord, I shouldn't have behaved like that. Oh God, I don't know if that was right or wrong. Lord, would you forgive me? Lord, I admit that this is how I behave today. Ask for forgiveness in the afternoon. Matthew chapter 6 verse 12 says, Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. So you do that little transaction, that little cancelling game you play in your heart. That's called forgiveness. Lord, forgive me as I forgive anybody else. From this morning till this afternoon, if anybody's done anything, I'm not even going to sleep on it. I'm not even going to sleep on it. I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to go home and tell my wife or tell my, you know, this. I can't believe what all this said. I can't believe. And you think and you think and you think and you think. What are you going to tell them personally? Instead of cooking it into a meal, toss it out the door. Toss it out the car window. On your way home, chuck it. Go into praise. Go into prayer. Ask for forgiveness. Lord, I'm as faulty as the people around me. Be broken, be real with God. Covenant life, we are a community that is real. We're not claiming to be sinners. We already know that. But we're claiming to be real. Men, you come to waterline, we're claiming to be real. You know why I called it waterline? Do You know why such a manly ministry is called waterline? Because, have you heard of glaciers? Have you heard of icebergs? You have iceberg and 10% apparently is above the water and you have the water line and under the waterline is the rest of the iceberg and under the water line the iceberg has got jagged edges and it's rough and pokey it has jagged edges it's got horrible character under the water line and as we drop the water line and as we dare to drop the water line the jagged edges come out the unfortunate thing about the jagged edges is only the people who are closest to the man The wife, the cousins, the loved ones, the friends, the family, the colleagues, the servants, the only ones who are closest get to feel those jagged edges. Everybody else thinks, wow, iceberg. And you see the tip and you see the shine, iceberg. And it's sparkling off the top. And the sun is sparkling off the water. And you don't see the jagged edges. And waterline is that mark where we drop and become real and let the jagged edges come out so that mano-mano, Mano o mano, man to man, we are able to deal with each other's jagged edges and send the guy home, a good man. That's my little plug on waterline. Please come 7 (laughs) o'clock Saturday morning. I'd love to have you. I beg you. Your wife also begs you. We want to be real. In this community, we want to be real. We, we are a church that is a community, a community that is real, where we are open about our brokenness, where we confess our sins and we also forgive other sins. We confess our sins and we also forgive our sins. Don't, don't be so self-righteous that you are always open about your sin. Forgive other people's sin. That's better. That's better. Let people go. So my mid-afternoon, you're driving home. Let it go. Let it go. I confess my sin to you. I didn't try to hide it. Psalm says in Psalm 32. Then you forgave me. And now all my guilt is gone. Come on, brothers and sisters. Come on, men. Imagine that. You get in your car. You have a little prayer time with God. And by the time you get home and park the car after you've cursed the, 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 the security guard. After you've gone through that little process, yeah, because you've let it go, because you've let it go, all the guilt is gone and then you get home and who's going to be happier for it who's going to be blessed because you worked with God because you confessed your sin because you came clean because you had that little transaction with God and you're okay you are light you have let the valve set your anxiety free are you with me and you go home a happy man if you don't if you don't this is what happens when you go home all the arguments all the fighting all the things happen one or two hours before dinner not in the morning not in the afternoon not at work not on the phone but you come home she comes home exhausted like she got run over by a bus he comes home like he just solved all the world's problems and it didn't work okay and both come and the children come home and from the heat and tiredness of the bags and and everybody comes home and now it's three four o'clock five o'clock in the evening and the family is coming home one by one and everybody's exhausted and tired what happens what happens somebody just says that one small thing that triggers another small thing that triggers a third small thing and before you know what it's not the pressure cooker in the kitchen that's blowing up and somebody blows up and there's an argument and everybody gets upset and then someone says something and now we're dealing with what someone says can you believe and all of that and then we say okay dinner is served I don't know what heat that dinner cooked on, but the dinner is served and they bring all the food to the table and everybody sits there. The face that only a mother can love sits there. And we eat. By the way, eating plus stress equals fat and frustrated write it down it's wisdom for your life (laughs) eating plus stress my wife said very clearly that we will not talk anything negative at the meal because it it it, it, it conflicts with digestion something or that i don't know also you say I'm, i'm sure there's something there because you cannot eat a meal together and be angry and frustrated at the same time and if you deal with issues start correcting your children start fighting with each other deal with problems during your meal time instead of loving praising enjoying your family there will come a time when you will not be able to eat together and you'll wish that those times were more about enjoying each other and loving one another than those times. eat plus stress equals who's taking notes fat plus frustrated okay so ask for forgiveness in the afternoon, admit my sins, I forgive others also who sinned against me, all my guilt is gone. Number six, ask God to help me make some wise decisions, ask God to help me make some wise decisions as I come home in the evening. Lord, I'm going home, I'm going home this evening, help me to be good to my family, help me to, 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 to just enjoy the evening with the ones I love. My most important people in my life. Let me enjoy my evening with them. Lord, I'm going to go into the going home now. The fridge is going to be there. The TV is going to be there. The computer is going to be there. 100 100 Mbps internet is going to be there. Keep me from temptation. Keep me from temptation. Lead us not into temptation. You know what the temptation is. You know what the temptation is. The temptation is to waste those two to three hours and do nothing. Because we're tired, we're frustrated, we've dealt with people, we've dealt with everybody's frustration, everybody's jobs, everybody's demands. I just want to sit and I want to blank out. My dear brothers and sisters, your brain never blanks out. Your brain never blanks out. So if you sit and watch any show, any show, even news, even R-rated news like Arnab Goswami. <laughs> if you sit and watch any show, that stuff is going down into the trunk it is so when your tv is on you jolly well know that that stuff is going no i'm not watching what are you watching i'm not watching anything the tv is just on <laughs> no it's going into your system and it'll come out tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock that stuff is going into your system so you think through, how are you going to spend your day and how are you are going to stay connected? How are you going to stay spiritually alive during that time? Remember that the temptations that come into your life are no different from what others experience. But God is faithful. He will keep the temptation from becoming so strong that you cannot stand up against it. Some of the most wasted hours, the most wasted hours are from 7 o'clock to 11 o'clock at night. You do absolutely nothing with those hours. We can waste 5 hours, we spend 5 to 6 to 8 hours working, then we go home and do absolutely nothing because we excuse ourselves from the 6 hours and 8 hours that we worked. So we come home and we do nothing and we just give in to the rubbish on on the computer, on uh, on the television or on our stupid phones, our, I said our, stupid phones, every whole family sitting around there all Because we're waiting for God to speak to us through Facebook. We're waiting for some magic to happen. That, that big good news is going to arrive anytime now. Only through your phone. And when the bell rings, everybody. Because nobody's visited your home in 20 years, you know. So like, who's come? Did you, did you, who's come? Who could it be? And then all hell breaks loose in some homes. It's the most wasted, wasted. So when you think about sin, when you think about sin, lead us not into temptation. Don't just think about the big bad stuff. Think about wasting your life. Think about wasting your life. Because four or five hours just goes like that, watching TV, doing nothing. You're not reading a book. You're not having a proper conversation. You haven't had anybody over. You're not spending time with anybody else. And those are the hours you think are taken, but they are free. So when you say you're busy, you're actually lying. Number seven. End my day with encouragement. End my day with encouraging truth. That's the benediction. The truth about who God is. The truth about what God's about. For yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. And yours is the glory remember these three things number one god is in control number two this is not the end of the story tomorrow's a new day the battle may be lost but the war is not yet lost and number three god and his people will win in the end number one god is in control number two this is not the end of the story number three god and his people will win in the end that will help you sleep better as you go to bed as you go to bed Grab a friend or a partner to pray along with you. Stop and pray or remind each other to pray every day. Through the days, mark calendars, mark your time. So that through the day, as you work through your day, you stay spiritually alive. Listen to me, listen to me carefully. What am I really, as a pastor, what am I really wanting to tell you this morning? It is this. Prayer is about staying spiritually alive. It's not about a religious ceremony. So when you are not connected spiritually, you will default to physically if you're not connected spiritually you will default to spirit the more you're talking to God the less you'll hear from other people so if you want to stay spiritual stay connected to God reverence for God adds hours to each day the Bible says so as you put him first God will take care of all of the issues and problems that you're going through with every head bowed and every eye closed say something to God in response to what you have heard today Two hours from now, you'll forget that the sermon was too long. Two hours from now, you'll forget 90% of what I've just said. But I do know that you will take one thing home. Ask God to cement that one thing so that it brings change in your life. Would you do that, please? Would you tell God, Lord, I need to get right with you in terms of my communication. God, I had stopped talking to you. I want to start talking to you again. God, I had stopped confessing and going through the process of confession. I want to start doing that again. God, I'd stop forgiving people as a a pattern in my life. I want to do that as a pattern, as a habit. I want to do that. I want to stay spiritually alive. It's been too long that I've just been physical. I've just been physical. I've just been a carnal being. I want to be spiritually alive. I want to be connected to you. I don't want to be religious. I want to be spiritual. And I want to know the difference. Oh God, thank you so much. Satan, you can try as much as you want to distract my congregation. You can try to diffuse the word. You can try to dissuade the cynics. But you are a gone enemy. You're over, man. You are finished. And you will have no grip on God's people. And you will have no foothold in their home and even if they sin even if they sin their sin is covered by the blood of Jesus Christ they are free they belong to Jesus so back off Lord Jesus your people need you some of them are living in different countries some of them are living alone some of them are dealing with sickness and pain. Some of them are dealing with the past. Father God, they're dealing with so much. And out of the compassion of your heart, you're not the one expecting anything from them. You just want them to come to you so that they can get from you. You have so much to give. You have so much to give. Give us a hunger for spiritual Life, a hunger for holiness, a hunger for your presence, a hunger for the word, a burden for the lost, a desire to be free from an unforgiving spirit, to be free from bitterness. Give us a desire, teach us, give us a hatred for sexual sin, for impurity, give us a hatred for all that is against the law. Teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom I beseech you as people leave here today let them feel lightness because you have taken their troubles from them but let them feel a weight of your presence in their life so that they do not forget the loving compassionate word that you have they have heard from you for thine is the kingdom thine is the power thine is the glory forever and ever and ever and God's people said amen